Nagy, where are you, mate? Oh, we're about to start the show. We re- yeah, same time every week. We record every week. It went in where? And it... How far in did it go? No, you, it wouldn't fit. How... It can't fit. There's no way that would fit. Well, how do you plan on getting it out? Oh. Is he a licensed medical professional? All right, well... You know, my, my best wishes for you, and I hope you get better, but you, you, this, you, we do this every week, Nagy. All right, I'll see you next week. Oh, this is it, McNeil. This is your chance to shine. This show's yours now. Liam's the joust. I think I like it. Um, I can fill in if you need me to. Oh, that's a way better idea, could you? Yeah. Thank you, Sam. No Cheers, mate. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Joust. We're coming at you from the Commonwealth Hotel, but you're going to notice something a bit strange about tonight's episode. No Naggy, but in Naggy's place we have one part of Newcastle's favourite songsman, the Nah Mates. We've got Sam joining us again. Sam, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure's all ours. It's good to have you back. Now, Sam, it's just a damn shame that we don't have a better game to discuss. Mm. Obviously, uh, the Knights losing on the weekend, 28 points to 26 over the Tigers. Any opening remarks, Sam? What a cowardly move by Nagy to not be here. <laughs> cowardly move, Cowardly indeed. move. Yeah. Well, he's a cowardly man, you know that. His, yeah. he, his intestinal fortitude isn't great. Looking for a heart, I believe, mm. Wizard of Oz. Was he it a heart? Was, no, was it? Yeah, yeah looking yeah. for a heart. That yeah. was the uh, Courage the Cowardly Lion. I thought it was the Tin Man wanted a heart. He wanted a brain. Oh, no, the Tin Man wanted a heart, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. We, ne- we really need to catch up on yeah. our classics. Yeah. Sorry, classics Nagy. Film. Sorry, we- Nagy. <laughs> it's one of his favourite films as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well. But, oh, well, I wish I'd been watching The Wizard of Oz as opposed to watching this game of rugby league. Would have been a, a much happier evening in the McNeil household. Yeah, you're not wrong there. I watched it actually at my... Um, I watched the first half uh, normally and then um, I watched it up until it went to shit at the end of the first half and then I had to go to my brother's birthday dinner. Ah. So I was watching it with blurry eyes from across the restaurant <laughs> just trying to get a gauge of what was going on and, yeah, it uh, put me off my meal. I can tell you that much. Well, yes, it certainly was enough to put anyone off their own meal because, look, the night started so well. They started very strongly in the opening 20. There was good intent on the kick chases. They were making a lot of yards, getting up, up some big blind sides, and they had all the territory in possession early. But mm. uh, And to start with a 12-0 lead, I don't know where it all went from there. Yeah, it went to hell. What was the turning point? Like, we were just dominating them. Like, it was just... It looked like it could have been anything. It could have been 40 blot. It could have been anything. And then something happened. I don't know what happened. I'm glad you asked that, because I watched the game again today to take my notes, as Mm. I like to do, even though it hurts me every time. (laughs) And I couldn't find a turning point. I couldn't find anything particularly that the Knights did wrong. It wasn't a drop ball. It wasn't anything like that. There wasn't some big moment, like a ref... Like, you didn't even feel like the crowd energy changed. It's just suddenly Mm. the Tigers were just, ah, we'll score some points. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and it felt like they were being kept in the game early with... uh, Re- uh, not Reynolds, who's their halfback. Luke Brooks and yeah. Benji Marshall's kicking game. Yeah. Through their kicking, they enabled the Tigers to still have a bit of decent field position. It just seems the Tigers scored a few against the run of play that kept them in that in that first half. See, I love a bit of ben- Benji Magic more you know, as much as the next guy. Mm. But you have to wind back the clock like that. You know, step against, in. 
Gavay and Herman didn't look too good going for that either. It's They're not seeing a good ghosts. look. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good look, especially when they're two of you big, hard men. Mm. Seeing them get stepped by a small, not hard man, is, uh, <laughs> it's not a good look. Yeah, not, it's not yeah. a good look. He's not, you know, he's kind of soft, isn't he? <laughs> soft and malleable. Soft and malleable man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was Robbie Farris' Robbie 300th game, and if anyone deserves to lose their 300th game... It's got to be Robbie. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And uh, there's people that you're happy for to play 300 games, and there's people that you kind of want to see lose their 300th game. <laughs> Robbie Farris is definitely in the latter category, and, and we couldn't even make that happen. Even the, the rugby league gods were against Robbie Farris, and mm. I still found a way to lose that game. Yeah, I absolutely. Don't, I don't understand. And I'm glad you brought up Robbie, because there's more to come on Robbie in the news. So mm. some big news coming out of the Farrah camp. But yeah, I thought Kurt Mann and Herman Essiesi were uh, particularly poor defensively. I thought they were acting as human speed bumps. Mm. Um, and Mann, I think, let in two or three tries after letting in a couple last week. It's not looking good for Kurt, is it? Yeah, it's a sternum injury of his that he picked oh. up a few weeks back, I think. I think it's just like it's just one of those injuries that just plagues you because, you know, it's a very physical game. Mm. And you kind of need a working sternum. That's it. It's yeah. not touch footy, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And Herman, I think there was, there was a lot of chat during the week of where Herman's going and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, at the start of the year, he wasn't happy when he wasn't getting picked. So you can only imagine when people were actually then going, oh, so you are leaving, that he would kind of just, you know, phone it in a little so bit. So you think Herman's phoning it? Well, I, it didn't look good, did it? It didn't look good. No, it didn't look good. And I, I will agree, maybe Herman is phoning it a little bit. Mm. But, uh, look, in attack, he definitely offered plenty. It's just that defence. He can't seem to move mm. laterally enough. He can't. Side to side defend. Yeah, yeah. Well, Benji tested out his side to side pretty hard, and mm. he found wanting. Yeah, and the, again, the second half started strongly. That first twenty minutes of the second half looked good, and then that twenty-minute period towards mm. the end just all fell apart. Maybe we start needing quarter time. What do you reckon? Hey, That's quarter time, bringing a bit of the NFL. Do they play quarters? Uh, yeah, they do. And then every and every twenty minutes is the first twenty minutes. Then yeah, so. that's a very successful yeah. sport. Because it's sure always if... been the last five minutes. As long as I've watched <laughs> the nights, the last five minutes of any half, it just all goes to shit for the nights. Oh. They just can't play the last five minutes of a half. And yeah, you know, they extended that by fifteen minutes this time. Being generous, <laughs> give the home fans what they want to see. But yeah, you know, very very disappointing. But it's still a fantastic crowd. Twenty one thousand people out to see the loss. So uh, yeah. hopefully uh, we can keep that momentum going for crowds at least for the next home game, which is still a while away. I thought there were a few positives. Look, Connor Watson showed plenty out of dummy half. Yeah, he was handy. Crowd. Showed a lot of spark. I think he'll uh, offer plenty as the starting hooker next week against Manly. Um, Ponga looked pretty good, but again, the rest of the team just didn't go with him. I mm. thought Mitchell Pierce had a quiet one. His mm. kicking game wasn't great. Mm. Um, he didn't offer too much. He's been really quiet in this recent run of losses, which yeah. we kind of saw when he was at his best. The Knights won six in a row, but now we're losing a few. Mitchell's started playing some really quiet footy. That origin high. Mm. Uh, like, you know, we all talked about, you know, Mitchell finally winning the big one, and yeah. he did. Like, <laughs> like, it's hard to kind of then, you know, lace up and then put the team on your back every week. Yeah. And it's like... I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to suffer a bit of a dip, but you just need some people to go with him. Really? Mm. Which I guess is, you know, the changes this week kind of reflect that with a more conventional 5-8. Yeah. Being put in there in Mason. Absolutely. But there was just poorly timed errors and penalties towards the back end of the game that really put the nail, the final nail in the coffin for the Knights. And God, I was hammering nails all night that night. (laughs) That ending. Oh, God. If there's something that just wants to suck the life out of a season, it's... It's that ending. Once again, watching it from across the restaurant, <laughs> blurry-eyed, just trying to figure out what happened. I saw the collision. And I'm like, all right, cool. Seven tackles set. We've yeah. got this. Two, only two to get. 
but and then, then the convulsing began. I still have no idea what happened. <laughs> I, it blew my mind. I just, I just couldn't get it. Mitchell Pierce's face kind of summed up everyone. Absolutely. He just like he wasn't even angry. He was just bewildered. Just bewilderment, and uh, there was bewilderment all around. And I think the Ponga sin binning was. Hmm. I don't want to use the word travesty hmm. loosely. I think that word's thrown around too much when it comes Throw to it rugby around. league. Throw but it. I think it was maybe a bit of a travesty, Trav- just a little bit of a travesty. Hmm. Not a full-blown travesty. Oh, no. Like, uh, you know, s- certain things that have occurred throughout history which oh. would truly call a travesty. Oh, yeah, but it's up there. But it's up there. It's up there. You know, it's not quite to the level of Farlap being killed by the Americans, but I would say it's still a, a, a wee se- bit of a travesty. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we look forward to next week. But mm. uh, next week's going to be a tough one because next week's Manly. Mm. It's the ultimate Newcastle grudge match. And Manly, surprisingly, have found some form this season under the coaching of Des Hasler. I'm not entirely sure... How this has happened, it's essentially the same Manly side that were just also Rams and didn't really do anything last year, and yet they're challenging for a top four position. Well, just, it kind of, it doesn't look good for Trent Barrett. No, <laughs> like, it really reflects poorly on him, I'd say. Because, you know, Trent Barrett's main kind of gripe was, you know... The, the furniture. Yeah, furniture sucks, <laughs> this place sucks, what the hell, this is a bloody backwater, what are we doing here? And then Des Hasley's coming and like, toughen up, you dickheads, put a sponge on you, you'll be right. And then he's just... They've all just, you know, gone with him. That's it. He's got some superstars in the team. Your Trebojevic brothers, your Daly Cherry Evans. Mm. But he's making the um, kind of the bit players and almost reserve graders Mm. play up to first grade standard. Yeah, I know. Brad Parker's been playing well. Ruben Garrick Mm. as well. Moses Sully's having a great season. Mm. And their front row, Marty Tapao and Adam Fanua Blake are just making meters at will. So Mm. they're actually a fairly terrifying prospect. I remember last year, first round, when we played Manly, and we managed to pull that out. I remember watching that Manly team. I'm like, holy shit, this team is huge. Mm. And it's the same team. And their forwards are just ginormous. They're, They're like a large forward pack. And then they've got, and you know, if you've got a large forward pack and then, you know, Travojevic and Daly Cherry Evans, they're very similar. They're almost similar to us in a way mm. in that we've got our huge boppers going forward, laying the platform, and then you have your Pongas compared to your Travojevic's mm. and your Pierce compared to your Daly Cherry. It's a very kind of similar kind of makeup. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's probably a good time to get him, beating the storm. Oh, my God. Hopefully that took it all out of him. I'm kind of thinking as soon as I saw that result, yeah. I was like, good, they've played their grand final. Dez mm. is always going to beat Melbourne. Yeah. doesn't matter who he's coaching. doesn't matter what team he's coaching. Dez is going to beat Melbourne. And Dez beat Melbourne. And so I'm kind of hoping he mm. just gives the boys a week off. Yeah, Mad Monday. Let's don't do worry it. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, let's celebrate. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're the games Dez gets up for. They're his footy Christmas going up yeah. against Craig Bellamy. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, they've now won four of their last five, including what that uh, Melbourne game, people are naming it a contender for game of the year. Yeah, right. I didn't happen to catch it, unfortunately. No, uh, but, that uh, uh, night's game put me off league for the rest of the yeah, round, unfortunately. Don't you? <laughs> like, I love rugby league, mm. but Jesus, I hate rugby league. Mm. Don't you just... It doesn't was, it just make you feel things? I came home after that night's game, after my brother's birthday. Happy birthday again. And I uh, came home and... Uh, uh, a wonderful sound engineer over here, Pom, was watching the Dragons game, his beloved Dragons, and oh. I almost wanted asked him to turn it off. <laughs> I didn't want to see that shit in my house right now. Well, so. I'm glad you didn't ask, because that was another ripper of the game, no. Souths versus Dragons. That was a beauty. But, we actually uh, um, we decided to play some Dr. Mario from the Super Nintendo uh, out in the second half, because the Dragons were getting pumped. <laughs> and then we found out that, yeah, they uh, came back to get lose heartbreakingly right at the death. So I don't know if we, Pom would have wanted to watch it. I don't know. But yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, you know, oh, well. This is yeah, Dragons. So now there's big changes that have been rung by Nathan Brown for this week. Clash against Manly. Connor Watson moves to nine. Lockie Fitzgibbon straight back into the starting side. J- Jacob Safidi and Aiden Guerra come onto the bench. 
Hunt, Heimel Hunt moves to centre, Kurtman to wing, and Mason Lino to six. Now, that's a hell of a lot of changes. Brownie said in the presser last week that he was going to ring in the changes, and it seems like he's followed through. I was a bit worried. I, you know, took Brownie at his word, but I didn't know if he'd have the stones to do it. Mm. But my God, he's shown his stones off. Oh, man, he wasn't shy. Yeah. Just got those stones out and just whipped them out. Yeah, like, Kurtman a wing is a bit of, I don't know, it doesn't feel right <laughs> it doesn't does it it feels a bit strange he's not a very big winger he, mm. you know he's hardly an aerial target I yeah. don't know if he'd make many metres yeah, out exactly, of the red yeah. zone so I'm interested to see what Brownie's conniving there what, what he's going to play but I think how that'll work is that Kurt Mann is injury cover for Connor Watson mm. and you'll find that Sione will slide out into the centres with Hunt moving back onto the mm. wing perhaps that's a bloody move around though isn't it it's a bloody move around and uh, if, uh, look if my concussion riddled brain can work it out it's probably not a good idea to try it on a rugby league field but uh, four players dropped for the weekend with Levi dropped uh, Herman Sese who else was dropped Jamie Bure was mm. dropped and the fourth person who's dropped who I've completely forgotten uh, yeah we got Herman um, Ramian oh. Jesse Ramian that's the yeah. other one yeah who he's had a bit of a mixed season so far he's shown some glimpses of being great but he just hasn't hit the heights that he hit with the Cronulla side last year. He's been forcing some passes, yeah. and his hands haven't been the best ever. He's got hands like feet every now and then. He does, doesn't he? But like they, We get like a scrum on the 10-meter line, and he's like the first guy we give it to, just bust some dude open and just drop it cold. He's, yeah. done, it at least, he's done it at least twice that I've seen. So, like, And also, defensively, he's been a bit poor. I, I was actually at training um, the other day, and um, when I, what I saw was that uh, Ramey was actually moving out of the wing to partner Moga in... Like a center wing combo. That's horrifying. But then, <laughs> I guess it was just to stop Jesse passing. I don't know. <laughs> but it clearly didn't work out because um, once again, I don't think he's much of a leaper, old Jesse. So you couldn't really yeah. shunt him to the wing. So you know, it's a, it's a bit rough because you know they're talking about putting him in Origin. Now he's mm. not in the team. Um, a fall from grace, I suppose you'd mm. say. But then again, I like Heimel back in the centers when we're going well. Heimel's in the center. He's a bit mm. of a rock in there. He had a good game too, I mm. thought. He was very impressive. He's had a great season. Yeah. He's been low-key one of our signings of the year. He's always on. He's mm. always on. He's just a, he's a, he's a good hole filler. But I do wonder, where are all our wingers? Like, Where are all these wingers? You're, you raise a good question there, Sam. Surely there's someone from Canterbury Cup mm. or Jersey Flag who have shown enough that they should be brought into first grade. But, mm. uh, but no. Yeah, well, Coach Brown says no. We lose Edric Lee and suddenly we've got Kurt Mann on wing. I know he's yeah. missed to fix it, but... I don't know. I might Can be a Mr. Fix-It fix it this weekend? Yeah, but exactly. uh, look, I don't know about you, but uh, I'll be watching the game at home with a beautiful Murray's 262 Nova Castrian Brew. It's a hell of a beer and <laughs> best enjoyed in front of the football. But uh, what do you think, Sam? Time for the news? Let's go to the news. Time for the news. Now, big news for the Knights. According to Tui's News, Jamie Bure Jamie has been told that he won't be needed at the club next year. Now, mm. Jamie came to the club at a really tough time when uh, we couldn't sign anyone at all so signing him was a huge deal at the time and he came in and was made captain very early on in his run he's been a great clubman he's been there through the tough mm. years but I think uh, Brownie's making the right call it might be time to move Jamie on mm, oh, definitely I, I like he got he kind of got the uh, the thank you for being here contract mm. last year at the end of last year where he kind of got the extra year just for being that guy that came in a bad time I mean it was a hell of a move to make. Move from Manly. Yeah. I mean, he was coming off an injury, I think, a pretty bad injury. So he was kind of looking for a bit of security at the time. But, you know, he did fix a hole, fit a hole when... When we needed it. When we needed yeah. it. When no one was coming here. So, you know, you, you doff your cap to him for that. Like, well done. Thank you, mate. Doff away. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it's probably done, isn't it? I like, think he's been he phased d- out. He just... 
yeah, he lacks a bit of penetration on his running style, and you put him in backup hooker, he's not the best passer in the world, and defensively, you can be found out and run over him, so... Yeah, we love you, Jamie, but uh, yeah, we think it's time for Jamie to move on. Yeah, um, good luck in your future endeavours. <laughs> <laughs> Other news from Barry Tui, he's reporting that Danny Levi is being chased by the Bulldog. Now, they're having some real issues with their hooker and have had over the last few years with Michael Leisha, who hasn't really kicked on in mm. the way that they've hoped, and they're now going after our Danny, and it seems like the club's pretty happy to let him go, so... I think you're going to find moving forward, it'll be Connor Watson to nine and Danny Levi getting slowly phased out. But uh, I think that'll be a good move for Danny to go to the Bulldogs. I think he just needs a kind of a, a, a fresh air, a fresh start. 100%. Uh, like, I don't think Danny will struggle to find another club. Because mm. he, what he provides is a really solid foundation for a hooker. He's lightning out of dummy half and, um, you know, defensively, you know, he does his job. He's nothing to crash up there. But... Um, yeah, I don't think he'll struggle to find a club. It definitely feels like that he's on the nose a little. It does, doesn't he? Because anytime there is a bit of wrong, we lose a few games, Danny's name pops up. It What's... pops up so consistently. Every time we lose a few games, it's always Danny Levi's name coming up. So there must be something going on behind the he's scenes. He's a resident that we don't pest. Know I know. I, like, <laughs> uh, like every clubman, every every member of the team of the Knights, you know, he's identified as the pest. <laughs> and when you're beating bloody. Um, well, Wolford, Simon Wolford's son to be the biggest pest at the club. <laughs> I think you're probably doing something right or wrong. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he provides something really great, but Connor Watson also provides the same service, and he's also, I don't know, I feel like he's more on side with the current something, regime. Something I am a bit concerned about, though, is Danny's well-known as being the club's hairdresser. So once he goes, I don't know who's going to take that over. Do what I love. Sione's fro. When he unleashes the bloody... Uh, I haven't seen it. It's got a bit of a... Got really? A of, got a bit of a thing going. Has he got an afro comb stuck in it when he takes the headgear off just <laughs> to no, that, tease it out He's got to worry with concussions. Ah, gonna, of course. If the wind blows too hard, he might get <laughs> hit with a heavy comb. But yeah, I'm concerned that uh, once he's gone, you know, who cuts these boys' hair? Who's going to look after them? Who's going to... Brownie. Brownie. He clearly knows how to get rid of hair. Or he could go to Crowey's Barber and get a beautiful 262, Ooh, 262 as well. 262 from the yeah. Crowey Barber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. But uh, yeah, you reckon Brownie knows enough about hair that he can take care of? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. He knows, <laughs> definitely knows how to shorten hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next in the news, Caelan Ponga has not been charged for his hit on Michael Cheekham that saw him sent to the sin bin, which we here think is a very good decision. There was talks that he might uh, get pulled up by the match review committee, but uh, fortunately he hasn't. And I think common sense has prevailed. Mm, eventually. Eventually. About bloody time, too. Because you even see it. I think it's Ben Hunt who hits Cheekham in the back. Not Ben Hunt, sorry. Hummel. Um, Hummel. No, yeah. Whoever was pushed Cheekham forward yeah. at the same time that this inevitable collision <laughs> was going to happen in the Ingo. Ponga's not going to sit back and watch Cheekham have a go. No, he's got to make a play for the he's ball. Make he's make a play the fullback. And... You know, if you want a very, very loose precedent, mm. you look back at the Billy Slater shoulder charge. Ooh. Back in the, uh, you know, he, he got to play a grand final yep. after just hitting that guy into the crowd. That's it. Billy got his fairy tale. And Why they... shouldn't Ponga get his? <laughs> yeah, fairy tale. Play the manly this week. <laughs> Dream bigger, Ponga. Dream bigger, Pong. <laughs> yeah. Next in the news, Robbie Farah has announced that he will retire at the end of his se- at the end of this season. He's uh, started his career in 2003. He's currently playing his 17th season. I think he's going to want to go out on a high. So, obviously, you got got the winning game, number 300. So, we go away, Robbie. We don't want you here anymore. You've played enough. You beat the Knights like that, and you go away. Well, we get to see him again, at least. At least we get to, oh. we get one more chance to just go, all right, 
don't come back. <laughs> but you know, he, he he went out swinging, Robbie Farrell. Like yeah. His retirement press conference, having a go at the media, and in the lead up to the 300th game, he was shitting on Paul Jason Taylor, and that guy's got <laughs> enough shit all over him without Robbie adding another load. So, but know. it's very Robbie Farrell to go out with a few jabs, isn't it? He yeah. always seemed like he was happy to kind of get his own back on the pla- the people who he he felt had wronged him. Yeah. So I think it's good that he's getting a few jabs in while he still can, while he's still relevant. But and I like uh, people were jabbing back as yeah. well. It was nice. Yeah. It was a fitting end to Robbie Farrell. But I think. Uh, you know, to be fair, Robbie's been one of the great hookers of the modern era mm. and I think the game's going to miss him terribly but uh, yeah we probably won't miss him too much as fans yeah it didn't help that he you know his prime years were when New South Wales were getting cleaned up in origin yeah. and Cameron Smith was never going to give him a look in at yeah. Australia so <laughs> you know he probably came at the wrong time but as the second best hooker going round, good on you good on you Robbie um, now next in the news Craig Bellamy has called for golden try to replace golden point after his side's field goal shootout in their 11-10 loss against Manly I don't know how I feel about this idea. It seems to be a common idea that field goal shootouts are the most hated thing in rugby league, but I love them. There's so much pressure. There's so much stress, so much anxiety and excitement. I love a good field goal shootout, and I I get where Craig's coming from. He you know, wants the fans to have some exciting footy play, but what's more exciting than a couple of teams really trying to grind each other out to shoot for one? See, I have a, uh, a slightly... Uh different take on the Ooh. golden point oh, uh, I see Nagy always agrees with me so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that as soon as you go into golden point every team should you should have the point from the draw you've done mm. better than the, all the other losing teams that week you should have a point and you play for the golden point which is the extra point that you actually get for winning the thing. So the three points are on off, which puts everyone off. They don't want a game okay. to have three points available because, you, you know, one team will walk away with two, one will walk away with one. But I just think it'd take away a lot of the bitterness. So that's similar to how they do it in the hockey. I'm pretty sure if you go in the NHL and you go to overtime, you get mm. one point regardless. I think. I could be very wrong well, on that. Justice. I'd also want to steal something else from the NHL. Ooh, fighting? Fighting, but this will, <laughs> this will bring fighting back into it. I want to bring in a power play situation with a sin bid. <laughs> Mm. So, like, the simbin can be more commonplace if the punishment isn't one-eighth of the game. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, absolutely. Say it was one-sixteenth of the game, maybe. <laughs> Not even that. If you could get ten minutes, but you come back on as soon as points are scored. Okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, the power play system like, it actually works in the hockey, where if a goal is scored, they bring you back on immediately because you've gained advantage from your... Ind- oh, they've gained av- advantage from your indiscretion. Okay. So, if you, you know, knock someone out and you get sent to the ten and then they score immediately, or just one of these professional fouls. If they score the try that you tried to stop with your professional foul, come back on the field. Okay, yeah. And then fighting could very well come back into the game because people are just like, all right. <laughs> Let the boys play. Yeah, they can score a try and we'll be back. Well, look, Graham Annesley is a dear listener of the show. He's one of our biggest fans, so we'll put that to Graham through the week and see what he has to say. Mm. Next in the news, Justin Holbrook from St. Helens is due to be announced as coach of the Gold Coast Titans. Early word is that he'll be getting a five-year contract or a f- some sort of five-year chance and to a turn poison the chalice around. to wash it all down isn't there? it a poison chalice oh. the coach of the gold coast titans you mm. can't win no one wants to go there mm. no one wants to play there i'm not too sure why the gold coast still have a team they don't seem to have that many fans mm. i think you'd be better served to just say instead of a new coach why not let's get a new team yeah. relocate the gold coast to say perth mm. maybe a second brisbane team Instead, they just keep persevering with this market that doesn't seem to offer too much to rugby league. Yeah, well, even AFL, they don't really give too much of a shit about the. Their they don't AFL seem to like on. sports on the Gold Coast. What do they do? What do people do up there? I just blow and party, I think. That's all they do. That sounds pretty good, actually. I don't know why Nagy likes it so much. Yeah, I don't know. You, again, he's the only person I've met who actually enjoyed living there. For everyone else, it was just this 
blur that they they didn't really enjoy it they just were there but yeah this Holbrook character that's coming in to uh, coach the Titans he's not exactly going to bring anyone with him is he he's I like... don't think so because he's from coming from St. Helens mm. and uh, I don't know if they have any kind of huge big stars that no. would want to go with him in yeah. saying that I'm pretty sure they're head of the Super League table at the moment uh, okay. but still mm. no one of note that we'd know about in the Southern Hemisphere yeah no and it's more just the team that they have there and the team is so heavily paid for in terms mm. of they've got a lot of big guy, uh, guys and a lot of big money that you know that just aren't delivering yeah, exactly yeah. so I don't know I don't, if you told me the Gold Coast went here two years from now <laughs> i go yeah yeah cool yeah, makes whatever sense. Yeah. yeah they've gone before they'll go again yeah <laughs> absolutely what are they they're up to the fifth iteration of oh, the Gold Coast charges and the I can tell you exactly it was the Gold Coast Tweedheads Giants then it was the Gold Coast Seagulls and then it was the Gold Coast Chargers and now we're under the Titans mm. But they tried twice with the Giants. So, yeah, they're oh, up right. to five. They're yeah. up to five. It's just the mascot. <laughs> it might just be the mascot. It yeah. may well be the mascot. We can rule it out. Mm. Speaking of players who'd be better off as a mascot as well, uh, Brock <laughs> Lamb, in the last piece of news, has signed for the London Broncos. Now, Brock was uh, obviously coming through the Knights at a really tough period. He was thrown mm. in way too early for what he should have been, but uh, then showed a few attitude problems towards the end of his career before moving to the Roosters. But yeah, Brock's off to the second last place London Broncos to try and save them from relegation. How do you think Brock's going to go in the English Super League? Oh, he'll kill it. He'll be the best halfback there in a very, <laughs> very short amount of time. But I don't know. Uh, like, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Brock Lamb. I mean, once again, he went through our shit time as mm. our guy. And I think he got a little bit of a sense of entitlement mm. towards the end of that where he's just kind of like, well, I've been the guy and then Mitchell Pierce comes in and like, where am I? I'm not in the team anymore. It's like, that's because you're not Mitchell Pierce. Yeah. And then, but I did feel sorry for him when we played the Roosters and he finally got to go for the Roosters. I reckon he's had that nightmare. <laughs> I reckon he's had that nightmare where everyone else disappeared and he showed up and he got smoked by the Knights playing for the Premiers. So I think he might need that Super League rest to go there, get some confidence in there because I reckon he'll kill it over there. A couple of bucks he'll get too, I would imagine. Yeah. And I reckon, yeah, he'll be back in a couple of years with a, a heightened reputation. Much like Blake Green did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. similar to Blake Green. And Blake show. Austin's working on it at the same yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. Now, time for the sack. Now, big sack this week, Justice. Thank you again for sending all your um, questions into us. Now, obviously, we'll try and answer as many as we can, but we can't get through all of them in the allotted time. So, first question is for Katrina O'Brien. Katrina asks... It's her 20th season purchasing seats for my beloved Knights. I've got to say, well done, Katrina. That's an impressive effort. But can I put myself through the roller coaster of being a Knights member? Because at present, I am gutted and unsure if I want to do it for 21 years. Now, Katrina, here at the Joust, we say stick with the boys. Stick with the boys. Become a member. And, uh, yeah, just keep on keeping on. Because it's got to come good eventually. It's got to come good eventually. Oh, right? yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it has to. <laughs> well... You've endured the worst period, <laughs> so it can't this is get enough. worse. No, 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 just think how you felt a couple of years ago. Yeah, this is higher than that. We were actually in the eight last week. We were, yeah, not you this know? week, but still, yeah. last week we were. So you know, just keep on hanging in there, keep on those seats, and we'll come good eventually. Agreed. Yeah, Katrina, stick tough, Dale, stick tough. Next question is from Mick Ma. Mick asks, "Why can't the boys win at home? We've got the second cr- second highest crowds in the comp." Arguably the most passionate and loyal fans. Yet last year we win 4 of 12 at home. Now this year we're 4 of 10. This is a conundrum that I just can't get my head around, Mick. And I agree with you. You know, this this Newcastle Stadium, this Marathon Stadium we'll call it, because that's mm. what it is. It'll always be Marathon always Stadium. Marathon, yeah. It used to be a fortress. It used to be, remember in the old days when you, mm. teams had come up expecting to get the shit kicked out of yeah. them. It's just not like that anymore. No. You come up here and you expect to come away with two points almost. Yeah, no, I think that... 
three years of the spoon kind of <laughs> lost all like kind of aura the place yeah. had. I don't know. It might need a new name. Ooh. <laughs> like, we Any might need ideas? to switch it up. Well, I, I wasn't. I was a decent fan of Hunter Stadium because at least it was a thing. I don't like these bloody brand names. No, no. Unless it's two six two stadium. Absolutely, Murray's two six two. Or the Commonwealth Hotel Stadium. stadium. Hey, yeah, Commonwealth we, Hotel Stadium. Yeah. Why don't they just play the games here? There's an idea. There you go. That'll Footy be, at the pub. Yeah. I tell you what, I've packed more than one scrum in the front bar here. Yeah, we've well, already got Glenn Stewart in here. Yep, we got Gifty in for the night. Dear, <laughs> big fan of the show, yeah. and of course. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, know. It's. I don't get it either. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Like, <laughs> you still get hear the Newcastle chant. You still hear all of that. It's just... But McDonald Jones doesn't scream Newcastle, does it? No. It's also a mouthful. It's a mouthful, yeah. And just yeah. go back to Marathon. Even though yeah. Marathon was actually a sponsorship deal yeah, no. with Marathon Tyres, it just worked, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. It just had that... Are they still around? Marathon Tyres. I couldn't tell you. I haven't had my tyres changed in a while, so I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they're balder than Brownie. <laughs> But if, if so, if they are still around, you know, the powers that be, Phil Gardner should be getting on the phone to the CEO of Marathon Tyres right now. And we saying, are trying hey. to bring back the glory days. Yeah. And that's where it begins. It all begins at the stadium. That's step one. Yeah. Return the stadium to what it is. So, Mick, we think a simple name change <laughs> could be all that, the, all that the club needs to uh, get us back on track at home. Uh, Solving your problems. Next question comes from Adam Clements. What's happened to Pierce's kicking game these last few weeks? Why does the ref, video ref seem to hate us so? How come we can't just ground the ball when it gets over the line and have cost ourselves three tries in the last two weeks? Why do I keep attending games to get my heart broken over and over again? What is the meaning of life? Adam, now you've really gone, you've really thrown us for a loop here, Adam. That's a lot to unpack. We'll start with uh, point number one. What's happened to Mitchell Pierce's kicking game these last few weeks? Hasn't been great. It's been the Mitchell Pierce of old, you know? Mm. Four tackles, then a midfield bomb that goes straight to their fullback and and wingers and it just doesn't doesn't seem to have had the effect that he's had previously yeah because it's not like Clemmer's not there still eating all the meters up and Mm. we're still laying a decent platform we Mm. still come out of our end all right I I think it's just you know origin fatigue origin fatigue yes all the balls got heavier or his foot or he's wearing heavier (laughs) shoes I don't know but Surely heavier shoes would mean for a longer kicking game though Uh, because of the uh, lighter shoes then lighter shoes he could be wearing lighter (laughs) shoes yeah Maybe it's deflate gate, Ooh. as we saw in the NFL. But we're playing at home, so we'd yeah, be the true. ones deflating our own balls. And that'd be a bit silly. That'd be stupid. <laughs> that'd be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Why does the video ref seem to hate us? So heaven only knows. Oh, I, don't it's, know. I think it's what we've talked about before on the show where the Knights are still the whipping boys. Nag- mm. Nagy will notice I got that right. Whipping boys. Nagy <laughs> can't seem to get whipping boys right. Oh, really? Still the whipping boys. and I think They the keep video, getting away? Or? They keep getting away. <laughs> <laughs> He's not good with whipping boys, Nagy. He's not good with it. Um, yeah, I think they still see us as the whipping boys of the competition mm. and that they're happy to give contentious calls against us. Um, why can't we ground the ball? <laughs> I think it's... Uh, look, that just seems to come down to uh, silliness. I know. Just shock. a bit of shock <laughs> at finally crossing the line. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But no. what's the meaning of life? That's the big... I know. That's the big salient point of this question that... I see where I got there because after listening to all those questions, I started questioning it. Yeah, absolutely. And Adam, you've gone down a really troublesome road here that's mm. uh, put a bit of a damper on the show that uh, we're now concerning ourselves with the meaning of life that yeah. we frankly don't know. We might wrap it up. Um, maybe the, is the next question happier? Next question. Dan Howard, <laughs> uh, a little bit happier. Thoughts on who should be our long-term number six, either currently on the roster or someone we should target being realistic. Kurt Mann at six puts too much pressure on Pierce, I think you're right. Kurt Man at six puts too much pressure on Pierce. Um, I mean, 
Ideally, with Jaden Braley rumoured to be coming next year, I think you'd have Connor Watson at six. Mm. I think he provides a good uh, good sidebar to Mitchell Pearce. He'll run plenty. He'll let Mitchell Pearce run the team around, let Mitchell Pearce kick, leaving Connor to do a lot of running, a lot of busting tackles, just having fun out there, yeah. just having a good old time. And I think Braley will be a good hooker for that. He'll just feed the ball. He won't do anything too flashy, and the point of attack can come from your sixes and sevens. Mm. So I think with Braley coming in, if it's... True as reported by uh, none other than Barry Tui, mm. I think Connor Watson's going to be your long-term six. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't think, like, when Mitchell Pierce was setting the world on fire, Kurt Mann was a, uh, it's a, a good option because he was just running and he was doing his job and he had a bit of brilliance every now and then and that was all he really needed to do. But now that Pierce is, you know, a little slower since Origin, you know, it does seem to me need someone to come in there mm. and kind of fill that void, which is, I think is why this week Mason Leno is back into six. He's your more conventional kind of six. He runs, passes, kicks, all that kind of stuff. Um, whether or not Mason Leno is our future six, I'm not too sure. I forgot about Mason Leno. He could be the future six. He yeah. is the future six with Connor Watson at 14. I like that. And he's a good goal kicker too. He's a very handy goal kicker. So I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind Leno at six. I really love what... Watson brings at nine. Mm. I don't particularly like Braley's running game out of nine. He doesn't have much of one. No, and I don't know if Slade Griffin's even still a thing or not, if he's going to still be there. I've completely forgotten about yeah. Slade Griffin. Yeah, I think, oh, my God. Yeah. So, but <laughs> Poor Slade. You might, uh, like, well, you haven't heard anything about him, so I don't know if that's a possibility. I think he's not, slated but. for a round 20-odd comeback, mm. which would be a hell of a comeback coming back that late in the season. Once again, doesn't really have much of a running game. Mm. So, I don't know. It seems to be like your good teams have a really, you know, absolute ferret out of number nine. Mm. Unless Connor Watson provides that um, yeah. at the moment. So, you know, if he works out of nine, I wouldn't want to take him out of nine. But, you know, we'll see how we go. So there we go. We've got a couple of options, Dan. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. See how the Knights go in the recruiting market for next year. Bindi Bates asks, why does Kurt Mann get picked in the 17 for a team that prided itself on defence? Bindi's mo- own mother could run over him. I think you're right. Early on in the season, even when we were on that losing run of games, it was very strong defensive performances. You know, we'd only mm. ever lose by one point, by two point, mm. low scoring games by four points. And yeah, it just seems like Kurt Mann has kind of forgotten how to defend the last few weeks. Well, hopefully it's just history repeating itself in that, you know, last time that we had an awful defensive uh, game, it was the Titans, really. Mm. And well... Ish. Um, but yeah, the, when we played the Titans, we just they you know they beat us, so it was humiliating. <laughs> it was very humiliating. And the next oh. week, we just you know just put Parramatta to the sword and sat them down. So hopefully, we see that again. Kurt Mann, you know, he fills a lot of positions. I can see why he's in the team. I think he's suffering a bit from that sternum injury. Mm. Whether wings his position, I don't know, but you know, he's not the worst guy to have in your team. No, he's not. He's not the worst. He's which I think kind of sums up our season at the moment, where we're going for not the worst in the team. <laughs> I feel like I don't know about you, Sam, but I kind of felt like after that weekend, that after that game on the weekend, it was just that might be it for the season. Oh, if yeah. we lose that game, I'm just, I I don't know. Then we got to win five from six, right? We got to win five from six. I don't know if I can see the squad doing that, given the way they've played the last four or five weeks. It just felt like I don't know that that was the game we needed to win. That was the game we absolutely had to win. I think and, I cursed us a while oh. back. I said, "Look at this run home we've got." Look at this run home. Well, we said it on the Joust too. We thought it was an easy run home. So you're not the only one, Sam. We well, are. it should be. Then we lose to the bloody Bulldogs and we lose Ugh. to the Tigers. I mean, who are we going to beat then? 
certainly let's not the on. Titans. Let's, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Next question, Justin Gee on us. How much of the blame for this form slump lays at the feet of the players? There's only so much the coach can do, yet people are calling for him to be sacked. Well, it's the way of rugby league that every coach is going to be called to be sacked every week, depending on the results. So I think a lot of the blame does lay at the feet of the coach just because he's the one who's inspiring these players. He's the one who's getting them up for the game. But at the end of the day, the players have got to be held accountable for a bit of it. Yeah, well, you know, if you put Brownie's record on paper, sure does look shocking. Mm. But I don't think it's him. When we're... we're when our attack is working, it looks great. Mm. It's more just attitude, defensive-wise. Yeah. I mean, that's the only issue with that. We still scored points against the Tigers. And if we defended as well as we attacked, we would have won that game mm. easy. So, and defense is, you know, mainly about attitude. The system's in place. We've seen it work. So the fact that it isn't working is more, yeah, the players just not players. executing. I yeah, mean, and I mean, they brought in new defensive coach this year in Christian Wolf, And he seemed to do a great job at the mm. start of the season. And we look great. Right through the middle period of the mm. season. And... Yeah, it just seems to be his last few weeks. And yeah, I think you're right. It's a bit of an attitude thing from the players. I think they're a little tired. I think it's that, you know, it was long season. They're kind of, you know... Just Saving themselves it, for the last few weeks, yeah. you reckon? Yeah, and if they don't wake up soon, they're going to realise that the season's going to end a lot sooner than they thought it was going to end. <laughs> so. Cameron Lucas, is Rick Stone still available <laughs> to steer the ship back on course and then back off course again? Yeah. I think Stoney's a bit busy right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, look, I think he would definitely not be able to get this ship back on track. Helping Sam move to the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. Who, apparently, Sam Stone at the Gold Coast hasn't been setting the world on fire, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, Tom Werleman, last question for the week. Whom on last week's team do you think Brownie would be most disappointed with and why? Well, I think uh, Brownie's four dumped players mm. would be your four most disappointing players and I think that really speaks for itself. There was missed tackles, there was mm. poor attitude, there was some really, really shitty defence. Mm. I think they're the four players that Brownie's most disappointed in and he's really shown that with uh, his hardline stance on the squad for this week. Well, Danny Levi only got 30 minutes. Mm. So he kind of knew during the game that he just, just hooked him. He's just <laughs> yeah. like, nope, not working. You don't often see the hook used anymore. Yeah, no. Right position to use it on, I guess. Yeah. But, um... Uh, Connor Watson. <laughs> um, but yeah, Connor Watson in nine, I think, is the way better issue. I think he clearly likes Connor more than him. So I think, yeah, Danny Levi was definitely the one that Branning was just like, nope, gone. <laughs> We're done with the Danny experiments. So, Excellent. Well, thank you again for all your questions this week, Jousters. As usual, we'll be posting a uh, Facebook status to get your questions later on in the week. So around Sunday, that post will go out. So keep an eye out on that for any questions. Uh, last piece on the agenda we have to address is the lower grades now our reserve grade lost 30 to 22 against west last week wasn't a good look they've got the bye next round our jersey flag team also lost against west 34 <laughs> to 20 so it was just a bad weekend all told to Jeez, be a night we should have worn all black we should have worn all black that's it we'll be having black armbands <laughs> after this episode's over but uh jersey flag have got the roosters away for their next game so make sure you get don't go to the game because it's in Sydney. No, so no, don't try and watch it somehow. They don't even go over the bridge themselves. No, absolutely not. But uh, look, if you can't make it to the game down in Sydney against Manly, no better place to watch it than the Commonwealth Hotel here in Cooks Hill, Newcastle's home of live sport. But that's it for the week. Sam, thank you very kindly for joining no me. As usual, keep an eye out on all our social pipes, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud. We're having some issues with iTunes at the moment. Our apologies for that. So iTunes is not the way to go for the moment. But go to SoundCloud for all your podcasting needs. And uh, we'll see you next week. Jousters, thank you very much. Cheers. I'm all out. <laughs>